Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. Now, he was a captain, a man of authority. His word was powerful. But he was not only a strategist and a military leader, he was a warrior. It tells us here he was a mighty man in valor. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and it is a privilege again to bring the Lord's Word. And I trust that today there will be a word for your heart as we come to the Bible, where actually the message today is based on Naaman's healing from leprosy, based on 2 Kings chapter 5. And we'll be looking at that today. Another uh, little excerpt today on righteousness, exalt of the nation, and I'll be looking at why I hate the use of alcohol. And uh, this one is on when I see what it has done to First Nations people in Canada. This is one of the saddest stories of this nation, what the introduction of whiskey and hard liquor did to First Nations people. Uh, they called it fire water. And at the end of the program, I'll be uh, giving a little message on that. But firstly, let's read today this account in 2 Kings chapter 5 on the king of Syria, Naaman, who was healed from leprosy by the prophet Elisha. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, but was also a mighty man in valor but he was a leper. The Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so, when Elisha the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. 
So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought, he will surely come out to me and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Amen. We'll end there, that end of the story where the miracle took place. He was clean. What an amazing and wonderful thing for Naaman. Now, today, of course, we will uh, bring a message on this healing of Naaman, and we will see just the power of the gospel at work. Let's firstly pray and ask God's blessing that uh, his word may work in our hearts. Father, we thank thee today for this great story in thy word on the healing of Naaman, the captain of the Syrian army. We thank thee today that these events and these accounts, they picture the work of the Lord Jesus in his cleansing power of from our sins. Lord, we know that sin is a leprosy to us, and we need the cleansing power of Jesus' precious blood. Grant that today, Lord. Give faith in the cross work of Christ, and bless us, we ask and pray, for Jesus' sake. Now we turn to our message today, Naaman, 2 Kings 5. Here in 2 Kings chapter 5, we come to one of the great Old Testament stories picturing salvation. We are given some insights here to the Syrian people. Now, we're not given a whole lot of insights in the Bible to the people of Syria. We usually meet them at the front of a charging army against Israel, and we know that the Syrians were some of the cruelest people on earth. They were fearless warriors, they were cruel, and they were Israel's continual enemy. And we read in this passage of their raids into Israel, carrying away slaves, and we thereby get a little insight into one home, at least, of the Syrian cities. This is Naaman. He is the captain of the army. He is a right-hand man of the king. And we are allowed right into his home, because in that home is a little frail girl. 
she is a Jewish slave. And in the raids of the Syrian armies into Israel, uh, they pillage, they slaughter, and they carry away whatever slaves they desire. And this little girl, and if you just picture her in your mind, frail-bodied, probably with brunette hair and hazel brown eyes, and her task is to wait on Naaman the captain's wife. I can't imagine what her chores would be, carrying water, cleaning, cooking, assisting with clothes, being available to be called on at a word. She would have a very difficult situation as far as uh, her own freedom. But in that home, she would have learned the ways of the rich, the ways of opulence, the ways of power. She would have learned what it was like uh, for a wife of a very powerful man in the land to enjoy this station in life. And the king's captain, when home, would have commanded absolute authority. He was a military man. And when home, and I say when home because I'm sure he was often gone on missions of war, serving the king, leading the armies. But when he was home, that home must have taken on a tone of great authority. Now, the description of this captain is one of valor. His name was held in very high esteem because not only was he the captain and went out with the armies and man who was given authority, but he was a man who conquered and led the armies to victory after victory. We read of that here in this opening verse. Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. Now, he was a captain, a man of authority. His word was powerful, but he was not only a strategist and a military leader, he was a warrior. It tells us here he was a mighty man in valor. You don't get on the wrong side of this guy or he will eat you up and spit you out. This is Naaman, the man of the king's right hand. And so he had a lot going for him. And then we discover right at the end of verse 1, but he was a leper. And there in dark, bold letters, in this very short, terse biography, You see death written over his dial. The glories of his earthly gains and the victories that he accomplished for his master, the king, darkened into the despair of this ravaging disease that would soon claw him into a solitary grave. And that is the picture before us. And we have the benefit of reading, of course, the account of 
this man in desperation and how he was healed. The little girl informed that there's a prophet in Israel. And because of that faithful message of the little girl, he went down to Israel. He eventually met Elisha, and he is healed from his leprosy, and he returns home clean. And so this is not only a great story in the Old Testament, it is a great gospel story out of the Old Testament. And it holds out for us some of the key aspects of a man or a woman's salvation by the miracle of cleansing. And of course, that's the all-important matter here. He was told to go down to the River Jordan and bathe seven times, and he would be clean. Now, it took him a while to get there. It took him a while to humble himself and do it. But when he did, he was clean, and he was delivered from all of this. Now, do you see tonight that we are all Naamans? We are all cursed with this destructive plague of sin. Uh, we don't need to be uh, really astute Bible students to understand that leprosy in the Bible is a picture of sin. And the wonders of life, the joy of family, home, fortune, fame, they are all smashed to pieces because of this plague, which for us brings futility, emptiness of life, because we're all going the way of all the earth to the grave. And sin in the heart is destroying us. Now, it is the gospel, of course, that comes and gives hope. And just as this man Naaman was brought out of this terrible dilemma, having such a position, and yet it ruined by the leprosy, you tonight have this hope of the gospel, and we are delivered by this great and wonderful way of cleansing. And of course, that leads us to Calvary. It leads us to the cross. And happy the preacher who can get to the cross. If we have the cross to preach, we have something to really preach about. Now, the three areas I want to go to tonight is, firstly, the horror of sin typified in this leprosy. And then, secondly, the simplicity of salvation in the cleansing. And you know, of course, how Naaman, he struggled with this. You mean to that river? There are other rivers greater than that. And it took a long time for him to understand the simplicity of the gospel. And so it did with us. It took us a long time to understand that salvation is not of works, not of our performance, none of our doing. It is faith and faith alone, in Christ alone, and we are justified by the blood of Jesus alone. So let's get into, and then the last part of it is the proof of a complete cure. His skin was as the flesh of a child. What a wonderful picture for a leper to be cured. So we're going to look at those three areas. Firstly, then, we move quickly to the horror of sin typified in this leprosy. And of course, it was ruinous, absolutely ruinous. 
Now, modern leprosy is a loss of nerve endings, which creates loss of pain. One famous physician or leprosy physician, he said, the greatest gift that I can give to my patients is the gift of pain. If they can feel with their fingers when they're at the fire and getting burned, that's a gift. If they can feel with their feet that they're trampling on a thorn, that's a gift. Modern-day leprosy is the destructive of the nerve endings that they don't feel. Now, biblical leprosy seemed to be more having to do uh, not with the nervous system. And of course, people thought it was just a skin problem and so on. But modern leprosy is more of a, 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 a systemic nerve problem. But ancient leprosy was more like a mold, a fungus, something that began to grow on the skin and became contagious and got totally out of control. And of course, biblical leprosy was often called the shunning disease. Nobody wanted to be near you when you had leprosy. Now, the laws in Israel and the laws in Syria would have been different. And we see that this man, when leprosy was discovered, he was not immediately quarantined. He was not immediately separated from others. He was still holding his position. He was still the captain of the army. He was still looking for some kind of a cure, and he was holding that rank. But in Israel, leprosy meant immediate separation. You were cast out. You could not even be among your family. You could not be in the neighborhood. You were cast out very often into a leper colony. Now, this mighty man, this valuable man in Israel, well, valuable to the king, respected by the people, looked up to by thousands in the land, this leprosy to him was absolutely ruinous. He was on a course for a torturous death. His whole life was headed to the scrap heap of ruin due to this leprosy. And so sin works in us. The disease, pain, suffering in the body, the eventual death and dissolution of this body is all because of the systemic nature of sin. Sin is not just a little medical problem. Sin is a heart issue, a nature problem. It is the plague of the heart, and it's ruinous. And a person may be good in so many ways, popular, desirable, important, but with sin in the heart, ruined. For this Naaman, leprosy was incurable. In all of Syria, there was none to help. No physicians, no prophets, no wise men, none that they could turn to, to the path of health, to stop it from advancing, just like the result of sin. Sin is incurable, unstoppable, and its results will continue to destroy the human heart. We see all of this in the worth of a cure. 
When you look down at verse 5 in this passage, you will see that the, the king of Syria, he eventually got the news through this little girl and whatever other channels. The news came that there was a prophet in Israel who could heal Naaman. And such was the value of this man, Naaman, that the king was willing to put up what we see here is a tremendous sum uh, of riches. In verse 5, you'll see 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and changes of raiment. And if you had somebody to do a bit of negotiating, they could have upped the price and they would have paid almost anything to find a healing for Naaman. Boy, Naaman was a valuable man. And out of the king's fortune, he would have paid anything. What is the value of your salvation tonight? We know Peter says that we are not redeemed by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. What did it take to redeem your soul? It took the death of God's own invaluable Son, the, 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 the wealth of riches to redeem your soul is incalculable. And it shows the worth of your soul, and it shows the problem of sin that God was willing to send His Son to redeem you and to bring you to Himself. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church. And we are dealing here with righteousness exalted a nation. And I have been speaking on why I hate the use of alcohol. I hate the use of alcohol when I see what it has done to First Nations people in Canada. Any caring and right-thinking man or woman would wish that the First Nations people had never been introduced to their fire water, as it was called. Wicked men traded with the First Nations people just to weaken and destroy them. The sale of alcohol to First Nations people was at times banned, but its powers of addiction had already destroyed their peoples. The power of alcohol took such a grip on their minds and lives that many became dysfunctional. Their enslavement to booze seemed even satanic. It caused fighting, murders, and decimation of tribes. It left a legacy of social, domestic, and suicidal problems, leaving orphans and families torn apart. A great degree of the high rate of crime and imprisonment among First Nations people is due to alcohol. Our government should be apologizing forever selling liquor to them. It is the evil of evils among First Nations people in Canada. We should be ashamed that they were ever introduced to strong drink. And today we should do all we can to stop their dependence on alcohol consumption, for these are people who need help to raise families, build homes, and train to serve this nation, which many do especially when they are delivered from the evils of alcohol and other addictions. 
Praise God, there are testimonies of First Nations people who have been delivered from the bondage of alcohol. I talked with one recently who frequented the bars of Surrey and Vancouver, but told me it was killing him, and through his newfound love for the Lord Jesus, was fearful of ever returning to those places of drink and to the bottle. We learn through such testimonies that the gospel is the hope of people with addictions. The Lord Jesus Christ has the power to set men free from such bondage. The blood of Jesus was shed to cleanse from all sin and break the power of addictions. We understand that these are physical addictions that need time and methods to free people from them. But the Lord gives the will to do and the power to go through with whatever it takes to set men free. If you are in such bondage, you need to call on the Lord to save you and break the power of alcohol in your life. I would that men would go on every reserve in Canada and preach the gospel to First Nations people in order to see them delivered from the curse of alcohol that has done deathly harm and is still a curse in domestic life. Join with me here today and pray for these people that they may be blessed with the truth of the gospel and the liberty that Jesus brings to souls who trust in him for salvation. Let's unite in prayer. Our God and our Father, we come to thee today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we confess that thou hast made us in your image to live holy and godly and to be free from every form of intoxication that only motivates the flesh and works against the true spirit, the Holy Spirit. We therefore pray today for your grace to be at work in the hearts of men, and we are mindful of the First Nations people in our country. Lord, we cry out to thee for them that they might be set free from the intoxication of alcohol, that the abuse and misuse of this evil, O oh God, that it might be, uh, they might be delivered from it, and that your power would be at work to set them free. We pray that they may learn the gospel, that they may know of the grace that is in the Lord Jesus, that they may be washed in the blood of Christ and enjoy the mighty liberty, that conversion, that the new birth brings to the human heart. We do ask that you will work in grace and in great mercy, and we pray for your blessing. O oh, hear today, answer and undertake. And so we do give thee thanks that the Lord Jesus Christ come into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. We give praise for your mercies and seek your power to be at work today, even to those that are under the evil influences of every form of alcoholism. O Lord, be gracious and we'll give you the praise. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.